0: This is the Talk of Music City Real Estate. Welcome
1: back to another episode of the Talk of Music City Real Estate. Where we educate and motivate
0: all things real estate. My name is Monty Moore with Realty One Group Music City. And I'm Jason Hoover standing in for Carrie Ann with uh, CMG Financial and my mortgage team. Man, I would hate to have to do that. I know, right?
1: Every week though, we're going to be posting a new episode chock full of Nashville real estate value. And you can follow along and subscribe at TalkMusicCity.com. Got a question for us? Ask away at questions at TalkMusicCity.com. That's questions at TalkMusicCity.com. Well, Jason Hoover, uh, once again, you're trying to do the impossible from my perspective, the absolute impossible, and that is fill in those shoes of Miss Carrie Ann Sear at CMG Financial. We're so grateful for Carrie Ann. Yep awesome awesome the best you know when i say um i've had a lot of experience with uh, mortgage professionals i have had a lot of experience with mortgage <laughs> professionals and uh some of the hard way and that's why i love and appreciate this lady so much she's amazing and we have a special guest with us mr jake moore m-o-o-r-e Unlike the (laughs) correct way of spelling it. Well, some might argue that my way is the correct way. and I've
2: talked about that.
1: Jake, it's good to have you with us here. And we're going to bring some an important topic to the forefront here and answer a lot of questions. I think everybody has. And it's going to put another tool in your tool bag when it comes to providing knowledge and expertise in the real estate industry. But before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor Music City Removal, Jason.
0: Yes, Music City Removal is the number one junk removal service in Nashville. From residential, commercial, and construction, they're experts in ridding you of junk. Their costs include labor and dumping fees without any hidden or added expenses. Whether you need a full clean-out or just one item removed, they have you covered. The Music
1: City Removal team knows the importance of respect and trust while in someone else's home. They understand the inconvenience of junk left behind and, uh, and uh, by previous homeowners and tenants and are determined to provide an affordable and customer-focused junk removal service that puts you first. For a free on-site estimate, just go to musiccityremoval.com. That's musiccityremoval.com. Music City Removal, because clutter ain't cute. Clutter ain't cute. <laughs> Neither is our guest today, but we still love him.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Wah, wah, wah. I think my wife thinks I'm cute, but. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what matters, right? right. Hey, right and right. that's really all that matters, right, brother? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good to have you with us, Jake. And yes. we're
1: excited about this topic because yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, it, for somebody who's somewhat knowledgeable about this, I think it, it it immediately, in their the eyes of the consumer, the eyes of their cl- potential clients, they have an advantage because a lot of agents don't talk about this. And, and, um, and those who do, I believe put themselves at a higher level of expertise in the industry. And then that fo- therefore that translates in greater trust, uh, from the consumer, especially the, uh, the, um, uh, investors. And that's why we, today we're going to talk about 1031 exchanges. So, so thanks for uh, breaking it down
2: for us. Sure. Sure. So 1031 exchanges, I've got, I've gathered a whole lot of information, basically everything that I think um, agents need to know or need to have in their uh, toolkit, tool bag, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can have this information on hand and ready to, to be able to give that to their clients as needed. Um, so with the 1031 exchange, just from the start, and uh, you actually
1: teach a class on this, right?
2: Yeah. I've taught a couple of classes. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm a, I'm an attorney with Midtown title. Um, yeah. And so just, from we love what Midtown we do, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Shout out to Chris. Yep. Hey Chris, we love you, man. Yeah. Hey,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that we do, that we do. Um, so yeah, in, in my, so in my, role as a closing attorney i work closely obviously with agents and their clients but also with qualified intermediaries um primarily ipx 1031 it's one that we use uh, all the time or refer to out all the time um but we'll get to that here in a little bit but no offense he'd be here but he's too busy so you said have Jake Moore
1: come in in my replacement, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. you actually refer stuff to them, right? Because yeah. they're that intermediary person that you have to have for a successful ten thirty one exchange.
2: Exactly. Yeah. The the QI, the qualified intermediary, is a qualified intermediary. Excuse me, um, is a necessary part of the ten thirty one exchange process. Uh, basically, the whole purpose of engaging in a ten thirty one exchange is to defer the payment of capital gains taxes whenever you sell invest or real property used for commercial or investment purposes. So mm-hmm. the QI is important because they're actually uh, holding all of the money, all of the, all of the proceeds from the sale. So when you're selling that first piece of property and then you're looking to buy that new piece mm-hmm. of property, the QI is holding that money the whole time so that the, the taxpayer or the investor, seller, whatever you want to call them, uh, they don't actually hold that money. They don't realize any of the gain from the sale so they can't be taxed on it. So mm-hmm. that's the loophole there. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's break it down. Sure. To what makes a qualified property
1: because I know that some folks they don't get into the investment world intentionally, they sometimes will leave a property behind, start renting it out, next thing they know they put another tenant in there and so forth and they haven't lived there for a length of time What is that length of time that they can't have lived in that that primary residence, that was initially a primary residence? Is there, I mean,
2: that does qualify as well after a certain period of time, doesn't it? Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the rule of thumb is the longer the better. in some some circles, you'll hear twenty four months, and um, others you hear you'll hear twelve months uh, since the last time you lived in the property. Um, honestly, like I said, the longer the better. So if, if so, there is no
1: question by the authorities that you know, it's legitimate. So I would exactly. I would think. I mean, I've heard two years it needs to,
2: it mm-hmm. needs to be two years. So I, I wouldn't try to push that Same. too much. Exactly, exactly. And on the flip side of that, uh, I get asked a lot um, about whether or not a replacement property, the property that's acquired on the back end of a 1031 exchange, Mm -hmm. if that can be converted into use as a primary residence. And for that, think of it as kind of the same rule applies um, two years after acquiring the property. There are some technicalities there. um, For the first... first two 12-month periods after the property is acquired, so the first two years, Mm -hmm. um, for each of those two years, the property must be uh, used for commercial or investment purposes for at least 14 days out of that year. So, Mm -hmm. um, if you want to convert it into a primary residence after buying it. Uh, But like I said, the the best way, the best rule of thumb is use it as an investment property or rental for two years, and then after that, if you can't find a new tenant or if you want to move into it yourself as your primary how uh, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's, okay. let's
1: not go down the rabbit hole too far sure. on, on the on the variations. The main thing is I want to accomplish today, the biggest thing is to create an awareness in people's minds that they're always thinking this way because I bet you a lot of you listening to this know someone who could really benefit by this information. And again, your knowledge of that information puts you ahead of many other realtors they may know that you can speak somewhat intelligently on this whole idea of them not being stuck with with because you know a lot of folks have owned some property for a while and in this kind of market it becomes a very very tempting you know to sell and capitalize on that but if you're going to be paying tap- capital gains on it, it it might you know take away some of that uh, thrill about selling unless you're reinvesting in it and so let's let's talk about the 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 basic format as far as how long do you have, I mean, let's, let's say, okay, I've got this property mm-hmm. here in, uh, let's say Antioch that I bought four years ago. It's been a rental property. I used to own 10 rentals myself. I don't anymore, but let's say I, I had this property in Antioch for several years and, and I want to get, you know, get rid of it. I had a bad experience with some tenants and I want to buy another one in, in, in somewhere of similar price range. Tell me what, what I can do and when I have to do it. Sure.
2: So, um, the deadlines uh, that you have to remember as far as the 1031 exchange is concerned are uh, there's two of them. So you have 45 days from the date of closing from the sale of, just uh, using your example, uh, from the sale of that property that you own in Antioch. Uh, once you close on it, you got 45 days to identify uh, replacement property or replacement properties and then in that also starting on the date of closing, you've got 180 days to close on the purchase of your replacement. From purchase. the sale, from the closing? From the closing okay. date of the sale, okay. yeah. Okay. And I tell agents all the time, um, Don't think of the closing date of the sale as your start date. Um, Be looking for replacement properties before closing on the sale of the replace of the relinquished property. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you've got it identified beforehand, or you're working on something, you're looking at something, you've got it identified two or three days after you close on the sale of the relinquished property, then Mm -hmm. you've already satisfied that requirement. Um, There is no rule that says you can't identify prior to closing date of the sale yeah i would want to do that ahead of
1: time i think yeah, probably so we, sure so i wouldn't feel the pressure but so let, let, uh, explain this to me mm-hmm. so let's say that 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 property had been uh paid off for a while and i've got four hundred thousand dollars there and i and i what am what are my limitations for that four hundred thousand dollars as far as not paying uh capital gains tax on that property can i buy uh so how does that work let's say i wanted to buy two properties but those are four hundred each. Do I take half of that that I'm, that I'm not taxed on, and then I can get a mortgage on the other half, or or how does that work? I don't so have to pay cash with it, do I?
2: No, okay. no. Um, the only the only rule as far as um, debt that you're paying off on the sale of your relinquished property is that on the replacement property that you purchase, you have to replace that debt with either equal debt or cash. All right. So if you if you have a if you're paying off, so you couldn't debt, buy a
1: $300,000 property and then stash that hundred grand in your pocket, you have to buy, you have to
2: spend $400,000. Uh, not exactly. Um, if, you, if you purchase or if you use the funds or the proceeds from the sale of a uh, $400,000 property, um, let's say you net... 350 on it and then you use 300 of that to purchase uh, replacement property mm-hmm. the 50,000 anything not used or put into the purchase of the replacement property you'll be taxed on mm-hmm. i got you. That's what's I got called you. boot yeah
1: okay so on the boot you're going to realize a, a tax now does that depend on your tax bracket or is there a consistent tax number on that in that scenario believe
2: it uh, depends on your tax bracket mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. which is going to be typically
1: 15 to 15, the, the yeah 30 scales sorry.
2: uh 15 to 20 percent i believe right now okay mm-hmm.
1: right hmm. interesting okay so and you were, i know i just kind of jumped out here rather than let you go by you what you're what you were going to do probably with your mm-hmm. checklist but what's what what are the items i mean I'd, i i think i think that's really important information i thought it was one property to one property but you're saying it's 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 spending that that equity it's inve- reinvesting that equity mm-hmm. so that it, it keeps it protected from being taxed yeah like or,
2: it d- or it defers the it or defer, i mean it defers, yeah, it defers, that defers that the tax. Yeah, exactly. it defers that taxation exactly. okay
1: so um my understanding is that as long as it's in this country it doesn't have to be in this same town or whatever correct mm-hmm. okay that's good to know what other uh, in you what other nuances do we need to be familiar with in that scenario
2: sure so um kind of get into the like identification rules i don't
1: know enough i don't know i don't know enough about it to even ask the questions other than i know it's yeah. real i know it's something <laughs> you need to know about <laughs> right. i know it's i know there's been times where i forgot to even talk about it because i just what my my head wasn't there that's why i asked you to come on here because sure. i think it's a topic we we've got to hit on once in a while to keep it fresh right. and keep it alive keep it yeah. aware keep it intentional so because we don't want to let those clients go on by, first of all, to be taxed like that. Second of all, that we're missing opportunities to help them reinvest.
2: Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kinda wanna get into identification rules because when you're breaking down a 1031 exchange, some of the more uh, detailed or nuanced rules within the exchange process come down to identifying replacement properties. So um, if you are selling one or selling two, No matter what, no matter how many you're selling, uh, there are three different rules as far as identification is concerned. You can identify up to three properties without any regard to their fair market value. So they can be, they can. It doesn't matter how much they cost, how much they cost in relation to the replacement property. Any three, um, and only three, without regard to their fair uh, fair market value. After that, the next rule um, is the, what's called the 200% rule. Now, you're saying identify or are
1: you, or are you saying purchase? Identify. Just to, We're just, just identifying. Identify. We're just taking some. These are possible replacements here, okay? Exactly. Okay.
2: Um, next up, the 200% rule says that you can identify any number of replacement properties so long as their aggregate fair market value does not exceed 200% of the fair market value of all relinquished property. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's say you're selling one. My, my one for 400 that I talked about, I can't go over 800 Exactly. So you, hmm. could have, you could have two for 800 or three for $800, um, just so long, again, as their fair market value doesn't exceed the 200% of the one that you're selling. So you can, hmm.
1: okay, but you're talking about, again, identifying, not purchasing, just identifying. Right. Okay, it doesn't mean you can buy three. It means mm-hmm. you can identify three that mm-hmm. don't exceed double 200% of what you, the, the equity or the sale price The
2: fair market value. The
1: fair market value of the relinquished property. Okay. That's important.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, And then the last one is called uh, the 95% rule. So now this one gets a little bit more complicated because here you are factoring in uh, what's acquired. So the 95% rule reads any number of replacement properties uh, can be identified without regard to their combined fair market value so long as the replacement properties acquired amount to at least 95% of the fair market value of all identified properties. Okay? So I'll read that again. Let's, let's do that again. Yeah. So it's it's all replacement properties acquired have to equal at least 95% of the fair market value of all identified properties. So a common misconception, or whenever I'm, I'm talking about 1031 exchanges and identified properties and eventually acquired properties, is that you don't have to buy all identified properties. They're right. just, it's just a list of properties mostly to satisfy a requirement of the letter of this rule here. Um, and the 95% rule just means that you can, um, you can identify any number of replacement properties um, just so long as the amount that you acquire Equals at least 95% of all of the properties that you identify. So it, again, it doesn't limit you to a certain number, but you have to keep that in mind when you're going, when you're finishing up your exchange. Yeah. Um, because if you've identified six, right, and you only want to buy three, those three have to equal at least ninety-five percent of the whole of, of the fair market value of all six properties. So it still does. It's still a bit of a limitation. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand the rationale behind that. Can, <laughs> can You break it down more.
1: Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here, but no, that's okay. I mean, it's it's. So if I if I'm trying to f- make sure. I mean, the thing that my mind goes to is okay. It's a hot market. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not, I need to identify you know multiple properties here to make sure I get one or get to make sure mm-hmm. I get two, whatever the need is. And so I might identify more. Identify is just listing an address, basically, right? Good. And I might identify way more than what I want just to ensure that I have something in the t- nick of time mm-hmm. with a hot market. Mm-hmm. So I don't. So help me understand if I identify six properties that are all 400 let's keep it the math simple here it's all 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 six of those are are $400,000 properties I'm selling a $400,000 property but what I'm selling in that in that in that example really had nothing to do with what I was buying it had to me do with closing or what I was selling had me how many I'm closing have to be a a certain percentage of everything I've identified
2: right and that's only in regard to that one rule the 95% rule okay Mm -hmm. so a good just to keep it simple, a good rule of thumb is um, if you identify three replacement properties, mm-hmm. you're all good. You don't have to worry about percentages or or okay. what you're eventually going to acquire or close on. Um, it's, but these if you are, go over three? If you go over three, yeah, you have to start thinking about this 200% rule and the 95%. Rule. I got you. I got you. And oh, okay. in, another good rule of thumb is if you're acquiring more, mm-hmm. the you, you may need to sell more. So that you're in compliance with some of these rules. So, like, if you've got uh, if you've got one property and you identify six, mm-hmm. okay, you're wanting to sell one, but you want you you go out and you tell your your agent, all right, I've looked at these six properties. I want to identify those because I think I might eventually want to buy at least some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and your agent's like, okay, well, hold on, we got to make sure we're in compliance with the rules of this 1031 exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. And if, you do, if you're not in compliance with one, that's okay as long as you're in compliance or, or with one as long as you're in compliance with another, right? Mm-hmm. So it's either either the three property rule or the 200% or 95%, right? Hmm. So Depending you, on the number involved. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you identify six, but you're only wanting to sell one. Well, you may, if you've got additional investment properties, you may have to uh, sell two or three of them. So let's say um, you've got six total fair market value of the six is a million, just for uh, simplicity's sake. Uh, The one that you've got is worth two fifty. Well, you're like, okay, well you got to sell your other one that's worth two fifty so that you satisfy the two hundred percent rule. I got you. I got you. You got your two relinquished properties equal five hundred thousand. Your six replacement properties that you've identified equal a million. million. Okay. So you're in compliance with at least one of the identification rules. I got you. Yeah. interesting i know it's it's those two the 200% the 90 the particularly the 95% when i always get asked about it <laughs> yeah, that 95% or doesn't it
1: doesn't make logic sense to me i don't understand why when it's a hot market you can't i you can't put that on the list unless it hits that 95% of what you're purchasing that well this is the irs we're talking oh, about oh uh, so. there, there you go why might you say that to start with okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <All
2: right>. <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah.
0: Um. Well, Jim's having too much fun. On time. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> um. It's the IRS after all. Yeah, after <laughs> all. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Just so y'all you know, that was Monty IRS. I love you. <laughs> I mean, <I'm. laughs>
1: I don't. Well, I'm just not afraid to say that either. I don't. I've I've been through multiple offer, uh, uh, audits, and boy, oh boy.
2: Whew. Well, um, so moving on, just some uh, some more rules, some some easier ones, uh, the ones that are going to be a little bit easier to remember. So mm-hmm. uh, with the 1031 exchange, uh, there is what's called the same taxpayer rule, just means that the uh, same taxpayer who is titled in the property or who owned the property that is being sold or relinquished has to be the taxpayer that acquires the new property. I got you. And mm-hmm. there's there's some nuances in there. Like if you own in the name of your LLC mm-hmm. and to purchase the replacement property, Let's say you can't get a loan, or you can't get a lender who will agree to loan to you in the name of your LLC, mm-hmm. um, but they will lend to you individually. Uh, you can purchase in your individual name, just so long as you, you own are the, that LLC. You were the sole member of the LLC, hmm. right? So, uh, same goes for a trust, um, any other single-member entity that's used for like limiting liability uh, mm-hmm. on an investment property um so that one's that one's a little bit easier to remember it's mm-hmm. not too difficult there no then that, that one makes that makes sense i think yeah because yeah. i can see how people would
1: try to play games on that mm-hmm. Look, i got this and we can save you that if we do this and yeah i get that
2: mm-hmm. uh, another one another one that i get asked about a lot um, it's probably if i had to guess would be the most commonly asked question when it comes to 1031 exchanges is How do I satisfy the like-kind exchange requirement in a 1031 exchange? Um, Because most people think, all right, let's say I've got a duplex, and I rent each side out, um, but I want to sell it, and I want to use a 1031 exchange to do that. Do I have to buy a duplex? And the answer is no, you don't Mm. have to. Like-kind exchange just means one piece of real property for another, used for investment or commercial purposes. That is the only requirement. So it could be a boat? No, because it's not real property. <laughs> not unless that boat was somehow attached to a piece of land and taxes real property, but that's, yeah. that's another discussion okay. for another day. It's called a land yacht, right? A land <laughs> yacht. <laughs> no, but so,
1: so you're saying that a duplex could be traded in for a single family or
2: a mm-hmm. quad or, or apartment complex? or Exactly. Uh, the one I like to use is uh, an apartment complex could be uh, traded or swapped for uh, a raw piece of land. Really? Exactly. Yeah, hmm. I so forgot land would be included in that as well. Wow. Sure would. Hmm. Sure would. So yeah, that's, again, that's something that's um, once you know it, it's like riding a bike. You don't forget hmm. so that you don't, it's again, once I tell most investors and agents that, they're like, oh, okay, and then just never think about it
1: again. Yeah, so I'm I'm a, an investor. I've got, let's say, four, four properties, and I'm just tired of dealing with the uh, repairs or whatever, and and I'm going to cash in at the t- hot time, and I'm just tired of the management part of it. Even though I've got that uh, delegated to an amazing management company called Hawthorne Carter here at Realty One Group, <laughs> Music City. But uh, but seriously, um, and I just say I, I think I'm just going to take that and put it in land,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's got low low maintenance. All I will get do is pay taxes every year.
2: Right. And but again, the only the only thing the only requirement you have to satisfy as far as the land is concerned that it has to be held or used for investment or commercial purposes. But held as and used as investment, you're not
1: building a house
2: on, in other words. Right. But or at least not for not for your own uh, primary use. I got you. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So you could put an investment, real estate on there, commercial or, exactly. uh, or rental. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Right. I feel like I'm
2: learning some things here. Right. That's <laughs> what we're here for, right? How <laughs> old are you, Jake? I am 29.
1: That's that's amazing. Twenty nine years old and have all that packed in your head already.
2: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I got to do something with it. I got to put it somewhere. So yeah, you know, but it's uh, it's. I just I deal with this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I get asked about it a lot, so I just kind of took it upon myself to to figure out to as really much dig as into I could. it. Yeah, um, yeah, because I figured in in the closing process, um, if an agent or or a buyer or a seller has a question that they think is legal in mm-hmm. nature. I, you know, I tell them, come, come talk to me, come ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, a big thing I, I like to convey to all of our all the agents that we work with and their clients is, if if you can use me for anything, use me as a resource, mm-hmm. um, because I I I think about and deal with all of the stuff that they don't or don't need to. Um, it's one of the reasons why why I exist is so that mm-hmm. I can think of these things and, and just they shoot me an email or call me like, hey, Jake, what, you know, remind, me, remind me again of the uh, light like kind exchange requirement in a 1031, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'll tell it to them, they're good, or all right, all right thanks, hang up, and we're done. So, um, yeah, I got to I I
1: tell you, you know, uh, being an old dog, and you know, initially, first time I met you, I was impressed that, wow, this guy's young, and he knows so much about uh, the, the uh, contract and so forth. The, the challenge, I guess, I really have is, aren't you from Alabama or something?
2: Well, I I grew up in Georgia, uh, went to school in Alabama, um, and then, yeah, moved up here three and a half years ago.
1: Okay, so do you have something to say about that (laughs) Mr. Arkansas over there? You
0: see, Monty (laughs) is the odd man out here. He's always picking on this (laughs) SEC country. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I think it's more he's jealous. That's well, what it look, is. it's what it is.
2: This might actually be George's year. All right, I'm going to knock on wood. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it already is. Yeah. It it is, already always is. Yeah, it's always George's year. Except for a baseball, in good luck. Yeah.
0: Go, go dogs. <laughs> Look, the, Go Huskies.
2: Yukon. <laughs> hey, there you go. Uh, and oh, the, Jim's still here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and and the worst thing about me is I'm from the Northeast. <laughs> And a, a big shout-out to my Atlanta Braves. Oh, man. Oh, yes. I, Go Braves. I grew up going to Turner Field, spent all my summers there as a kid. Been and there. Seeing them yeah. win a World Series. Whew, that cured a, 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 a lifetime of uh, sports disappointments. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Hey, I was, I, that was my first uh, uh, Major League Pro ball uh, game was in Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um But, yeah, I mean, 95, it's been a long time. It has been 26 long time. years. Yeah. yeah. So
2: yeah, I was
1: back to our topic here of 1031 exchanges, is there anything else that you get asked a lot? I want to make sure that we're you know, utilizing this sure, time to sure. ask you know, to, uh, to make sure that people feel enough equipped enough uh, that they can talk somewhat intelligently about this and know where to refer people. First of all, I guess on that topic, how do we get a hold of you if you're listening and have a question that uh, they didn't quite pick up on on this uh, presentation here today? Jake, what's the best way to reach out to you? Sure, Midtown uh, Title.
2: Yeah, so uh, my email address is uh, my first initial, my last name, J Moore, J M O O R E, at midtowntitletn.com. dot com. Um, That's M I D T O W N T I T L E T N. Just remember to get the TN at the end. That sometimes trips people up. Um, And my direct number is uh, 615-921-8684. I'm at extension 151. Always feel free to leave me a voicemail, shoot me an email. Um, Even if I'm not at my desk at the time, I will always respond to you, Um, particularly if it uh, pertains to a question regarding 1031 exchanges um, or, or who you need to talk to as far as getting one set up um which that's that's a, another thing that i think i should that bears mentioning yeah, yeah. Uh, when you okay. are getting ready to direct your client um or if you're thinking about for yourself if you want to get a 1031 exchange set up the first person you need to contact uh would be the qualified intermediary mm-hmm. um and that's uh that's another thing if you call or email me and are just needing contact information for a qualified intermediary i'd be happy to give it to you um again we we Pretty much, primarily or exclusively, refer out to IPX ten thirty one. Um, they've got an office here in Franklin, um, and they're the attorney there. His name is Luke Hayes. Um, yeah, Luke is
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. He's super busy, and I'm I'm really <laughs> grateful that you can be so uh, you know answer your calls and 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 that's no criticism of him whatsoever. He's a, he's he's the guru, yeah. no no doubt about it. And I'm glad to hear that Midtown is sending uh, business that way, so we can work together. You know, as a team yeah. here on the topic. I love the fact, though, that you're real familiar with the letter of the law yourself and are probably a lot more accessible.
2: Yeah, or, you know, I, I try to make myself that way anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, again, if I didn't mention it before, if I'm, re- if I'm repeating myself, sorry. Um, but, yeah, get in touch with that QI, with that qualified intermediary. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's once you get in touch with them, it's pretty quick to get everything set up because after that, there are some... Um, I don't know if you want to call them mechanical things that you need to take care of once you are under contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some language to be included um, in a contract. This is particularly for uh, the real estate agents listening. Um, the I've, I've got a paragraph for when your client is selling and when your client is purchasing. Um, it's just putting the other party on notice that your client intends to uh, participate in part 1030 1031, exchange. 1031. That's exchange. good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and saying that the other party will do everything that they need to do to cooperate um, in, in order to make sure that your client can actually participate in that 1031. Mm-hmm so long as it doesn't cost the other party anything. Mm-hmm. And it never does. They just have to right. sign an acknowledgement. But, the, uh, but there's the really
1: n- not in my experience there's not any more than signing that acknowledgement. Is there? I mean no. there's not an extra hassle or extra layer or anything. I mean long as nope. they're assured that they've got that intermediary that they've marked, you know, marked the boxes that's
2: that's exactly. True. Yeah, literally all that's needed is them signing, acknowledging, yep, I acknowledge that my buyer or seller is participating in a 1031. I just want to make sure that <laughs> nobody gets scared of, of that <laughs> yeah. side of it. There's no reason to in my experience. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that, that um, contract language I do have. And it's in – I've actually, like I said, I've got a whole PowerPoint presentation here. It's condensed everything um, that I – take And whenever I, I teach a class on 1031 exchanges, I use this because, again, it's got all of that, all of the most important information that I think um, agents and their clients need to know. Um, and, yeah, like I said, there's one for the selling side and one for the buying side as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jason, is there yeah. anything else
1: you want to cover on this topic? Um,
0: just one question. Sure. What if, you've, you know, you, you fall out of contract, mm-hmm. you know, it happens, um, and you're on this timeline, what – is there any grace in that? Can well, be reset, or does it? Is it hard?
2: Well, keep in mind, um, if you fall out of contract on the sale of your relinquished property on the front end, you're not. Your no, I was meaning on what you're purchasing, right? Yeah. So if you if you're if you're falling out of contract on what you're purchasing. As far as I'm aware, there's no grace. The the IRS mm. is pretty strict about it. If mm. you're you've got to close within six months from the clo- the date of the closing uh, of the sale of the relinquished property. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why you
1: identify more than one mm-hmm. or one of the reasons certainly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jake, it's been really informative. We do appreciate your yeah, time absolutely. today, sir. Yeah, of course. And uh, thank you all for tuning in to the talk of Music City Real Estate. We look forward to seeing you again next week for some more awesome, awesome information. hope for always bringing great value to the Middle Tennessee real estate community. Thank you so much for joining us.